versus Tannerus, the final battle. Matt Fraction, Pasquale Ferry, The Mighty Thor, issue 12, March 2012. Marvel, www.marvel.com. Hashtag Thor. to our podcast, Jeff and Merck present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. And I've been really sick and I just realized that I forgot to do something, so random banter time, buddy! Talk to me, tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today! I know what that's from. That's because you've been sick and really busy with stuff, and possibly why we haven't recorded for like, uh, four weeks. Month. So, yeah. uh, yeah, 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 it's been a thing, it's been a thing. I got all caught up, and then I realized I didn't. <laughs> I will say that uh, you have multiple reasons to be absent on our adjacent, awesome, amazing adolescent adventures <laughs> and absorbing alcohol. So I understand. <laughs> I get it. And we won't go into too much of that. Just been real sick and other life stuff's going on. Yeah. So nothing great, but I'm starting to get healthier. So that's good. I am just going to spend my time talking about stuff. I have been catching up on a lot of things here and there. New Year. My daughter is watching Doctor Who with us, so that's incredibly geeky. It's very cool. We've been burning through a lot of Doctor Who. We actually are in deep in the Matt Smith era, which is a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Did you start with uh, Chris Eccleston? Yeah. Yeah, we went back okay. and started because I wanted to get my daughter caught up so we could watch the newest Doctor Who that came out on Disney. And that's David Tennant coming back as the new 14th Doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, we have got to get through all of the David Tennant stuff. So I will say that we did a couple of cheats on some of the Chris Eccleson and David Tennant. There's a couple episodes which I decided I, I looked at a website. It's like these ones you can kind of skip. So I went ahead and like skipped a few of those episodes here and there. We caught all mm -hmm. of the essential ones, all the ones you need to watch. Definitely watch Blank. Oh, she liked that one. But we got through, caught up on the new stuff. Now we're in the Matt Smith era, and I'm just going to keep on pushing through until we get all the way caught up. That's nice. cool. That's a lot of fun. But I will say this, and I can say this now since last night my wife and I watched the first two episodes of Echo. Oh, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm yeah, I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it is very much living up to the mature. It's, it's very violent, very visceral. Think Punisher, Daredevil kind of thing. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. I like seeing the inclusion of a lot of different cross sections. We've got Native Americans. We've got women. We have got deaf community very well represented. And I, I really respect that the show is doing that, embracing the stories and the storytelling structures of those communities. I enjoy it. I think it's pretty good. I'm two episodes in, really eating it up. I'm kind of curious to see what everybody else's take on it is, but I think it's it's good. It's nice to see it. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying my geekdom from that aspect. I want to see that. I really want to. Yeah. Living the work home life during the winter time. I've been looking forward to seeing Echo. I My geekdom stuff is that I got to watch Blue-Eyed Samurai, which is a 
cartoon animated show on Netflix, which is if Tarantino and Kurosawa had a baby. It is amazing. It is kind of quasi-Western expansion into uh, isolationist Japan, samurai times, and it is uh, there were four white folk that were in the country when a character was born, and this character has blue eyes. And that ain't Japanese, my friend. So they had a very hard childhood and <laughs> moved on to becoming about the greatest swordsman ever with the vow of I'm going to kill the four white men that were in this country when I was born to guarantee that they have killed their father. It is bloody. It is good. The music choices in there are exquisite. In fact, one of them came from uh, Kill Bill. So it's uh, I'm like, hey, I know this one. Nice. Nice. Wouldn't watch it with kiddos. It's pretty graphic, but it's pretty <laughs> darn good. It is great. It's got uh, Kenneth Branagh as being one of the white guys. And he, his line delivery is so choice. Just the things he says are so good. What was the name of that one more time? Blue-Eyed Samurai. Yeah, right, I'll take a look at that. I'll look at that. Well worth watching. Really, really good. I did catch up on one of the kind of big movies that I'm hearing some buzz about this year. It got some really good reviews. It's called The Holdovers. It's got Paul Giamatti in it. It's okay. his new one. It's kind of think about a late 70s period piece movie. A little bit all la, very slightly all la Dead Poet Society, but not. I, I kind of want to give you that, <laughs> that hint to say, you know, kind of, Get your mind there and then just be pleasantly like, wait, this isn't that at all. <laughs> it's got some amazing performances. And it's just one of those movies that's it feels real. It just kind of feels like, yeah, this 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 all kind of makes sense. And I like the character development and it's just really engrossing art movie. And it's was enjoyable. It was fun. And it was a good way to spend a night one night. So, yeah, I'll throw it onto the ever-increasing mountain of media. <laughs> well, I think we have blasted media far enough. I think it's time to go and do something a little bit different. So let's go ahead and talk about a two cents replay of last episode. Vale and a not-dead Jocasta have returned to the Avengers Academy to forcefully shut down the school but are met with resistance, so their backup team of Jeremy Briggs collaborators show up for a classic tights and fights. Reptile quickly shuts his down, though, so they instead give a TED Talk about the merits of ditching school and joining up with the totally not evil billionaire and making some fat stacks while at it, which draws away two students whose names I can't be bothered to remember. Now that the, in the end, we see that the future is being run by a Jocasta-enhanced old man giant man, and it doesn't look all that friendly, two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. I'm trying to find something witty to say about this one, but I think you should just open it up and let's talk, all right? All right, let's find out. It's a, well, that's a black can. It is Elmer, Elmer, Ordo Novus Pecunias, The Great Whale, by Elmer NMT. I have no, it's, oh, it's an Imperial Milk Stout with, you're probably going to cover that. That's cool. This is a black can with a purple label, label, letters are in yellow, and a big blue, kind of back of a dollar bill. It's sort of the Illuminati pyramid triangle with the eye, except it's got a big old cartoon mouth with big old teeth kind of drooling. Interesting. I am confused by this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to admit, I bought this absolutely on spec because it looked 
Very cool. And it said some words on it that made me very happy. Let mm-hmm. me go ahead and read this, and then we'll get into more stuff on this can. Elmer NMT by Omnipolo, our first stout from the church. Elmer is a new money ticket stout, big, bold, yet creamy, and smooth by a careful addition of nitro. Fermented with English ale yeast and a blend of European-American specialty malts, this beer is caramel first and roast second, Costa Rican coffee courtesy Norby, Madagascar vanilla, and heaps of toasted co- coconut, 15.5 ABV. Yeah, this is also is not a 12-ounce can. It's 11.2 fluid ounces. It's uh-huh. a smaller can with a... This is wine. This is not going to be a beer. I am, I am excited to try this. This has got a lot going on. I also saw yeah. that, and I said, what the heck? But Yeah, the, the, the thing that Jeff said is, I bought two cans of this. Each can is $14.95. I spent some serious cash money on tiny little cans because I said, <laughs> yeah. This sounds fun. What does this have to do with this issue? Well, um, there is a secret that's occurring <laughs> that the characters don't know about because some of the characters are testing the other ones. And there's an all-seeing eye in the sense of there's video cameras around for some of the characters to watch the other characters. I get that. That works. Also, they go out to uh, Death Valley, home of Floating Eye Pyramids. They do go out to Death Valley. It is a bit of a little desert scene there. I bought this. I needed to find a place to use it. This sounded like as good enough of an issue. (laughs) Smells good. Smells coconut-y. Oh, it smells rich. Mm Mm-hmm. That smell. Ooh, that pours like oil. Oh, I cannot tell you. I am pouring this over my desk. My desktop is black. My keyboard is black. My wrist guard here is black and this (laughs) this liquid that i'm pouring out of this can is darker than all those things i just mentioned i am holding it up to my orchid lights and there is no transmission of light this this is opaque we we poured opacity into a glass the can is black with this purple label you could not tell where the liquid began and the can ended holy yeah, I'm looking at the can. I can't tell. That might be a black inside of the can, too. No, that's... Wow. Gosh, that is crazy. Yeah, that is just dark. Smells like an Imperial. Yeah. I'm getting some chocolate notes. I'm getting the... Definitely the coconut. Coconut, yes. And the coffee. I'm, there's some, there's definitely coffee in there, too. It is very smooth. It's got that Imperial flavor. A lot of Imperials, for me, have, like, too strong a flavor. Uh-huh. This is approaching that. This is a very strong Imperial flavor that goes, like, where I'm like, oh, this is going to overwhelm my, you've stopped. Yeah. It's very smooth. When we say smooth, we need you to picture somebody wearing a frictionless tracksuit that has gone running across the floor that has been polished to just light is dancing off of a floor. They have slid forward on this frictionless tracksuit, and they have gone farther and faster than they had with running. Yeah. That's the smooth that we are talking about. It is. Wow. That just, it slides down the tongue. It leaves a slick coat on the tongue, too. Not a slimy coat, but a slickness to it. There is no burning. There is no pain. There is no punch in the gut, punch in the throat, punch in your taste buds. I'm getting the malt. I'm getting the caramel. I'm getting... The coffee. I'm getting the vanilla. The vanilla is strong. Yeah. But none of this, none of this is hitting you. This is 15.5% ABV. I am getting the tingle from that. I'm getting that 
that imperial tang kind of thing on the uh-huh. tongue where it is just like, hey, I'm an imperial, that kind of barrel, that whiskey barrel kind of thing. But again, it is not overwhelming. I have had more difficulty drinking some chocolate shakes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I've had uh, some chocolate shakes that have been similar to this, like an alcoholic chocolate shake that's been a similar flavor profile to this. I could drink this until I... Ran out of money, which would be second can in. Died of alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. No, that is... That's good. That is really smooth. That is... I don't think we've had something ex- exactly like this ever before. No. Wow. I mean, this is very sweet. If you have a sweet tongue, or, or if you don't like sweet things, this may not be your bag. But it's not the cloying sweet. It's not the yeah. artificial sweet. It's perfectly sugared or sweetened. Yeah. It's a, it's the the milk sugar because it says coffee and milk sugar added. And that was a wise choice. Look at the sediment on that glass. It does. Ooh, yeah. Holding that, yeah, the glass up to the light, it does leave sort of a, a scudge on there. It is. We are drinking motor oil. This is mm-hmm. pure motor oil. If I had known motor oil was this good, I would have drank it years ago. I, it's smooth. It's slick like motor oil. It leaves a residue like motor oil. It is black as oh. It's good stuff. If you can't tell, <laughs> I think we like it. Because we're still talking about it and just saying the same thing. So it's good. scores. Okay. I have been looking forward to drinking this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Laying down here. 30 bucks on two small two beers. beers. <laughs> it, it was a choice I questioned until I've tasted it, and now I don't. It's still expensive. It's an expensive way to go. But it's thank you. It's very expensive. This may be the most expensive beer I bought. And I think I might have come close on a couple other ones, but. We've had some spendy ones, yeah. We've had some spendy ones, but by fluid ounce, this yes. is the most expensive one I have yes. bought. Yes. Yeah, this is, yeah. The parts per million is, is ridiculous on here. 15 bucks, baby. Do the math on that. All right. <laughs> now the opening credits, if you please. Avengers Solo, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 5, December 2011 through April 2012. Moving Days, Fight or Flight, The Sound of Violence, Extra Credit. Credits, Writer, Jim McCann, Penciler, Clayton Henry, Inker, Clayton Henry, Colorist, Chris Sotomayor, Letterer, David Sharp, Editor, Tom Brennan, Tom Brevoort. Featuring Finesse, Stryker, Giant Man, Tigra, and eventually Julie Power. Oh, and by the way, I need to say this right away. I would like to apologize that I misplaced this comic book. Oh, uh, did you lose it? Was it like in your pull pile or something? What happened? Did you lose it? No, 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 no. I just put it in the wrong spot. We should have covered this right after the first Avengers Academy issue that we covered. That would have made this story make sense. I mean, they're in the process of physically building the Academy at this time. Retcon it. The last issue, Jocasta came and ripped it all apart. Let's just say that they're rebuilding from that instead. Except that we start with Hank and Greer talking about how crazy they are for rebuilding location where some truly horrible things took place. Uh, horrible things? It's like what? A demon with babies for hands? Moving on, Hank is in his coveralls working on a computer while Tiger watches and mocks. Basically, they're still wondering if this was a good idea, but there they are, and they need to move forward with the Academy. Outside, we have the main couple of this story, Finesse and Stryker. Okay, I'm thinking that the colorist chose the characters for this story. Why else would you choose these two unless you only wanted to use the black and white pens for the day? 
Now, now. Yeah, they're both pretty arrogant, but they've got some good points as well. <laughs> like? Stryker is totally on social media. A point he brags about while posting a picture of everyone working on the compound, except him. Yeah, say this like it's a good thing, Rick. Fair point. The pair have been summoned for a meeting with Hank and Greer. Vanessa assumes that they need her knowledge to work on updating the hardware, and that Stryker is needed to hold up a wall by leaning on it. Hank informs the two that they are not needed for IT support or their wit or charm. What they are needed for is a field trip. Place ain't even built and they're assigning homework. What? Apparently, an alarm was tripped by this one doctor, Myron McLean. When they turned everything back on and they need to go to Death Valley to investigate it. Wait, isn't he the inventor or presumed inventor of adamantium? Yes, and I'm pretty sure you only know that from reading this comic book, Rick. But it shows I read it! <laughs> anyway, Giant Man and the two students fly a Quinjet out to investigate this guy. They're also checking out an old lab Hank had there. One that has been upgraded by someone that's not him. Can we talk for a moment about Hank is not as in charge as Vanessa is? She is analyzing and memorizing the lab and its layout while getting Tiger to pull up tactical data. Stryker, not to be outdone, is figuring out how many guards he gets to kill or humanely take out. Giant Man has to gently remind the pair that this is recon only. Then why did he bring two assassins? Crang! That sound means that the Quinjet's engines have cut out for some reason, causing the ship to go down with a crash. Thwomp. Or whatever that sound was. They seem to survive the landing, except they have now been noticed. After Stryker blasts open the door, the field trip class gets into some fisticuffs and it with, gets into some fisticuffs with generic guards and paintball gear. The trio quickly take out the five guards, but they know there's another one that must have ran off to sound an alarm. They're able to see the fleeing foe enter a building using a security code. Finesse is able to reach the pad and let her pals in. It must be nice to work with someone competent and smart. Settle down, Rick. Giant Man decides to go sneaky time by using his pin particles on his students to get them deep in the lab. Big Bad Striker is afraid someone is going to step on him. Something everyone is really tempted to do. Well, let's hold on for a second, because we have a teaching moment here. There's a secure door with a retinal scanner, and Hank asks Brandon to use his powers to feel the infrared frequencies, focus it into his eyes, and match that frequency. What's the frequency, Brandon? They Stop say. it! Oh, oh. Stop it! Once they have broken in, they come face to face with the things that Hank's former lab partner has built. Robots! Specifically, the West Coast Avengers as robots. Yeah! Wacko robots! <sighs> Your enthusiasm is equal to Stryker's desire to be made into a robot, mostly to stroke his ego and vanity. Well, they are very detailed and lifelike, but they are also turned off, which is probably a good thing. Oh, and you know they're going to turn on soon, and this group is going to fight them. What? No way. That would never happen in the third part of a five-part story. Ooh, check it out. Robot Hawkeye has an arrow pulled on the team, while robots Iron Man, Mockingbird, Wonder Man, and Tigra advance with red, angry eyes. Scratch Iron Man. Henry found the off switch for that one, but he needs the others plugged back in to shut the rest down. That may be a problem since the robots do not want to go home. First matchup is Finesse and Mockingbot. Ooh, nice one. Thank you. Unfortunately for the robotic hand-to-hand -hand fighter, Finesse has the ability to learn moves, so this will be over quick. Less fortunate is Stryker. Let me try the naming thing. Stryker is in a bear hug being delivered by Wonder Robot. Good job. Keep it going. While Hawkbot has an arrow pulled on him. Hmm, not too shabby. Thanks. 
Stryker activates the Wonderbots belt-mounted jetpack, and they pull a Steppenwolf. A uh, step, uh, uh, <laughs> a magic carpet ride. Yeah. Then he brings the thunder and electroblasts the Wonderoos off that robot's metal bottom, which causes the non-flying Striker to fall from the air with the gentlest of ease. Why would he do that? Does he have a death wish? Probably. Maybe. If he ever thought about what he was doing. Luckily, he was caught by the mighty giant man. Who was holding the Tigbot. I saw that coming, and I could not steer the ship out of the way. But good news, Mockingbot has been knocked out. So is Giant Man. By who? Someone named Alchema. Who is? A robot. I mean, hang on. Uh, oh, this is the other bride that Ultron made uh, after Jocasta. And she is? Crazy. Yeah. And they fight? Yeah, they do. They fight the other Ultron bride, the Hawkeye robot, and the Tigra robots. So, things are getting fun. Fun for Stryker. He can zat and zack these metal monsters all day long, while his partner dances with the big bat bot babe. Right up until it is just the three of them, and it looks like the students have the upper hand. Literally, as Finesse has Stryker break Alchema's arm off. Then I guess the radicalized rage robot gets mad and really starts blasting them. Then, Finesse hits Alchema with her own arm. Which is hilarious! It is so hilarious that the video feed fails. What video feed? Oh, that would be the one that Hank and Greer are watching. Hang on, what? Dude, teaching school, remember? This was a top-secret test, a stealthy simulation, an enigmatic experiment to see how some of the students handled themselves while thinking that this was actual field work. And of course, it was recorded. This. This is how you create mistrust and hate in the people you work with. Sorry, uh, Rick, could you speak up a little bit? I'm not getting you on your belt, Mike. Sure, uh, this is, this is, uh, you, wait, what? Speaking of broken things, the data recording crashed when the miniseries hit issue number four. Really, if Dr. Pym had budgeted his time and energy better, this would have not happened. How did you get a camera in my belt? The best part, of course, is Tiger mocking him. Well, mostly about his performance acting in his masterpiece of manipulative melodrama. I have that belt in the bathroom when I take a shower, man. Wait, where else have you had these cameras? Hank is a little uncomfortable. In the last frame of the salvageable video, he notices that the robot's head is in a different place from when he woke up. That happens to me all the time. Oh my god! There's a camera in my beard! How? The two students show up in the room at this point, and Tiger quickly deflects and says that they were able to take some footage from the fight. Not one, but two cameras in my beard! Hank explains that they did miss the final part of the fight, but overall, he was very proud of how the pair handled themselves. He even allows Stryker to say booty. This camera in my shoe? It's actually wired in the wall! How did I miss that? And as Stryker goes off to show Metal and Julie, hey! Julie's there! Finesse goes back to her room to study some stolen robot tech while Tiger and Giant Man tell themselves that they know what's going on, and they can shut it down if they need to. Good, because I do not and cannot. All I know is that you somehow wired my house like it was the Truman Show. Well, if this is like the Truman Show, Rick, then why don't you look into the camera and close this segment out? Good morning, and in case I don't see ya, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hey, we did it. We made it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still drinking this really good beer. It's really tasty. <laughs> it's a really good beer. All I right. Don't, I don't want to waste it. I'm trying to drink it slowly. Gosh, that is dark. <laughs> That's really dark. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is midnight uh, in a can. This is going to be one of those episodes where people are like, man, I uh, can't believe you guys talked about the beer that much. And I'm like, yeah, guess what? We did talk about the beer that much. So. <laughs> I mean, it's a good 3-5. <laughs> All right. So... 
we have here not one, not two, not three, not four, but five different covers because this little story took place over five different books. It was the backup story for Avengers Solo. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we move forward. But to start with, let's talk about the different cover arts. Now, I only actually own the fifth one because that's the only one with Julie in it. We mm-hmm. could have just covered that one, but it would have made no sense. So we covered all of them. The first one we have has got, these are all Avengers solo. Hawkeye is the main character of that book. And so that's what we see on the covers. The first one is Hawkeye shooting an arrow. You've got way in the background, Thor kind of in a cross pose, T pose. Uh, you got Iron Man kind of like one hand up in the air with like some arc ball. And you got Captain America running towards the camera. Hawkeye's got an arrow pointed straight at the camera. Kind of cool looking. Number two, you've got Hawkeye. It looks like he's in Spider-Man's web and he's upside down. He's all caught. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next one's really kind of cool. It's got Hawkeye and the female protagonist in the story. And they are running towards the camera. They're kind of running out of the shadow with this green flare in the background. And there's four kind of thugs in these weird shadows that are kind of above them. Next one, we've got Hawkeye on his Hawkeye cycle. It's actually being driven by this woman that he's with. And he's shooting a whole bunch of arrows and they're flying up in the sky. There's some helicopters behind him. Very action-packed pose with the arrows coming out. And the last one is got Hawkeye pulling out his last arrow. He's got his back to the camera. Wind is gently kind of pushing up his little Hawkeye towel that he has covering his butt. Just... Yeah, so he can kind of just kind of see his butt a little bit. But he's pulling out his last arrow, looking over his shoulder, and there is five semiotic weapons that are pointed at him. Jeff, which of these five do you uh, like the best? It's between three and five. I do really like the last arrow facing down insurmountable odds. The picture looks really good. The third one, though, where him and the lady of the piece are running out of the shadows of gunmen that are chasing him is really cool, too. Uh, yeah. Image-wise, I really like five. Thematic-wise, I really like three. Yeah, I think I'm going to absolutely agree with you. I keep, my eye keeps going to that fifth one. Something about that last one makes me want to read this story because mm-hmm. it's Hawkeye. It looks like he's on his last arrow. It's the last issue of this little mini series. He's about to take down all of these five guys that are facing him at least with one arrow, and you know he can get the job done. Yeah, trick arrow, baby. Yeah. It's going to be the multi-boomerang arrow. So I'm with you. I I like that one a lot, too. That third one is interesting. Yeah, that might be one of my second choices, too, but definitely the fifth one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got those fun covers. We've got this book or this storyline that we're talking about. Let's take a moment, because I think we both have the same things we're going to say about the main story Mm -hmm. of Avengers Solo. It's a story with Hawkeye and... He is working on a mystery and he's not getting the rest of the Avengers involved as he's going through it because there's some people that are a little leery of the Avengers. And I can't tell you anything that happened because I completely lost interest after midway through the second issue. I was going to say we could sum it up in a, in a, in a joint sound and that sound was... It's kind of crime noir to begin with. A guy seeks him out specifically and says that my sister was part of a trial. She's missing. We only trust you. Please help us. Here's a slight bit of information. Meet me at this address where you'll find me dead. 
stuff goes on and it's hard to kind of tell what characters are what. Some of the stuff is kind of interesting. It's Hawkeye solo. He's on his own. Uh, but where like the people that he's trying to help don't trust him. And then following up on that, now the Avengers don't trust him either because he's playing it close to the chest and not sharing with them. And There's a lot going on and I don't like characters come and go for little to no reason. Mm hmm. You change scenery a lot. It's a lot of people yelling and very angry, and I don't care. There's there's mm-hmm. no good stakes here. I love Hawkeye. I used to get the Solo Avengers comic with Hawkeye mm-hmm. in it. I always liked Hawkeye as off-brand Avenger. I, yeah, I like yeah. the fact that it's a guy who shoots an arrow. And he should not work. He never should work <laughs> as a hero. And I always enjoyed reading him. And this is another like, oh, cool. I like solo Hawkeye stories. I yeah, think they're oh, pretty yeah. cool. I could not bite into this one at all. It was really hard to, to get into it. It was all about a company was trying to redo a super serum soldier. They were thinking, oh, we can get pregnant women and we can give superpowers to kids. And then maybe we can sell those kids. But oh, wait. So needless to say, it, I didn't have to read it to do everything else. And so I put my time and energy somewhere else. I, I, I will to- tell you, in reading the first issue, I was like, Okay, I'm curious how Julie's going to show up in this. And then it turned into the four, page, four or five page comic at the end where I'm like, I now understand because this is now Avengers <laughs> Academy. Uh, but I, at that point, I was one issue in on the main story and I said, nah, I'll read the rest. So I also am curious as to how exactly it's it's a space thing. They, they had this one little one off story that they could stretch out and fill the back half of this or the back quarter mm-hmm. of these books it just feels a little strange i mean it's got the avengers and it's avengers academy okay i see it it's not really avengers solo because it's two avengers academy kids with one teacher three people don't make a solo so yeah okay yeah hawkeye was solo except for all the people he was hanging out with yeah i might yeah. have liked maybe avengers academy story with one of those characters doing a solo run mm-hmm. could have been four or what would we do? Five issues. They could have been five characters doing a five-page, four or five-page solo run. That could have been yeah. interesting. Yeah, that just could be like, too. yeah, it's like everybody gets a field test or a day off or just a day in the life of. It would have been interesting just to see. Again, I love day in the life things. It would have been neat to just see Finesse's day in the life of kind of thing. That would have been neat. Or send all five of them out to do their own little tests. Yeah. Like they're all get tested somehow. There could have been a number of things. That being said. I didn't mind the story. I thought it was kind of nice. I, it was all right. We, we don't get to spend that much time with these characters. I have started to read the beginning parts of Avengers Academy because I'm like, we're covering it. I should have some background. Yeah, we're 19 issues out or something. So, yeah. that. So, I am trying to get a little bit more of a connection with these characters so I can figure out who they are. That being said, I like the fact that we got these two out and we can see them in a testing environment mm-hmm. together. They are not exactly my favorite characters. I think I would have hated it even more if it was Finesse and Hazmat. Gotcha. Yeah. Striker can be fun. I kind of find Finesse to be a bore, especially in this. I'm always right. I'm going to I'm going to be the narrator and woman splain everything that's going on. And I'm like, 
Really? It's the way that her character is, because it's yeah. like, she's weaponized autism, is what she yeah. really is. And so she's very focused on the things, so she's hyper into the details. But there was a thing in one of the issues when uh, Laura Kinney showed up, and it's just like, oh, if you have troubles understanding what, like, human emotion is, I've got, I've got pictures, I've got a chart. Which is hilarious, where it's just like, oh, you're feeling this one. You're sad face kind of thing. So it's neat on that. Yeah, in this... I think Finesse is, an, is a neat character. She's interesting, but she is hard because even in this, the the whole we didn't quite cover it in the synopsis, but Tigra and Hank are like, yeah, we had one student pass this test, which was Stryker. He's all happy with yeah. himself and he did good. And they're like, Finesse figured this out. Finesse knows. Yeah. And now she's taken the CPU of the Alchemy robot. She hasn't told us, but now she's stripping it down to trying to figure something out. She's building a robot. We have control yeah. of that CPU. Yeah. So we can shut down whatever it is she's making. They're like, ah, she failed our our secret test because mm. she knew it was a test and she's still kind of going on her own path. Yeah. Yeah. Stryker is annoying during this. Incredibly oh, gosh, annoying. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of find it somewhat charming. I'm like, okay, I like it. He is brash. He is arrogant. And you see him take stupid chances because mm-hmm. he's pretty. He can get away with it. Yeah, it, yeah, he's like, it always worked before, so yeah. why do you know when he activates Wonder Man's uh, jet belt and goes crashing through the roof and uh, Giant Man's like, no! It's like, that wasn't going according to program. And he's like, what were you thinking? He's like, I wasn't. I do my best planning what I don't think. I just figured it'd work out. You know why? Because I'm pretty. This is our narrative. Because I'm pretty. It'll work it's out. It's not our narrative. That is his character. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, they haven't said it, but yeah, that's very much true. That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not Shakespeare. This is not an out-of-the-park book. This is a very interesting, let's explore these characters in this space. Let's play up the teaching scientist angle. Tiger is a little bit on the sidelines just giving information, but... She was being catty. Yeah. Oh, God. I know. It was. It, there was two reasons I did that. One, she mm-hmm. was. Also, she was. She she was kind of questioning. It's like, yeah, this is a good idea, but otherwise just being pick, pick, pick. I, I do like Hank Pym. I think that mm-hmm. it's interesting. I get tired of using the giant man power. It's really not one of my favorite powers. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time he's just standing around giant man. And I'm like, why? Yeah, just <laughs> hanging out, being big. I think the Paul Rudd movies kind of said it the best. Like, it's not something you want to keep doing. It's exhausting. Yeah. And, and I like, you're big. How about just be regular size and interact with people you don't need to be big the ultimates giant man was interesting because he was always hungry when he was giant man because he's like yeah i had a, I had a meal before i changed but now i'm huge and that's a tiny meal in my tummy but i can't eat now because when i shrink i'll explode so i'm always hungry what'd you think of the test in and of itself did you know who alchemo was i did didn't she looked familiar i'm like i've seen her before and then when they, i'm alchemo and i'm like I know that name. And then I was like, oh, she's a bride of Ultron. I didn't know that. So it, it was that, it was that, you know, it's like, oh, you remember my friend Peter? You know, we met him at the that Halloween party. He was the ghost. And you're like, yeah. There was enough familiarity that I'm like, something about you, but what? And then it's like, oh, bride of Ultron. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yes, but really no. Did you like the test? Kind of, but also no, because... A test indicates that at some point you're going to find out your grades and you'll find out that it was a test. 
just letting him continually think that it was actual field work, that kind of aggravated me. Because especially when Finesse figured it out, and they basically mentally failed her for figuring out that it was not real field work. So it seemed like, oh, okay, yeah, going out and having live, live fire exercises, that's great. However, yeah, it, it left a sour taste in my mouth. The kids were all picked up from Harry Osborne's initiative program, where he tricked them and pushed them. Yeah, lied to them, manipulated them, tortured. Yeah, to make them these great powerhouses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Hank's intentions are good, but isn't this the same kind of thing? Yeah, it's being manipulative. It's lying to them. It is. Yeah, you're for not their having best in their best interest. Yeah, I, I, I hurt you for because it was the it was good for you. Yeah, I put cigarettes out on your shoulder so that way you'd be tougher. I did it for your own good. I do like them using robots, robots of the West <laughs> mm-hmm. Coast Avengers. It's nice. It's a nice throwback seeing the old costume West Coast Avengers. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. I have to admit, I did flip back and forth between. I'm like. Well, who else is in here? I'm like, okay, I know that's old Hawkeye costume. Tiger is wearing something different now. And I'm flipping back and forth between the like pages. And I'm like, yeah, Tiger doesn't have this outfit, that same outfit anymore. Okay, that's, yeah, that's different. So Tiger yeah. wears an outfit? Anyways, well, a um, slightly different bikini. Okay. I do like the artwork in this. I think that the artwork is... Oh, it looked really good. Really good. Really enjoyable. It's very much kind of the 2000s house style, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine. Yeah, it's not quite up to the standard of the Avengers Academy ones. No. The art in the Avengers Academy is really, really good. This is quite good, but slightly softer, more cartoonish, a little bit of that. Still serviceable. And Very it looks serviceable. even better compared to the Hawkeye art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Again, I'm trying right. to go for a noir thing where they introduce characters where I'm like, you all look the same. All look the same. Anything else you want to talk about this five-part miniseries? Oh, let's talk a little bit about Julie. Julie Power shows up at the end, the last issue. (laughs) I've said this about myself in some environments with the shampooy when we're doing like puzzle solving or something at the at the event, and it's like me and Peggy were hanging out, and it's like there's so many people trying to solve puzzles, and like, and we're here too. She was there to be the audience while Stryker. Talked about his amazing win. Yep. She got to be happy for him to hear about how amazing he was and is and will be. Hey, when I did a research out to find all of the appearances of Power, pa- Power Pack mm-hmm. in different comics, and I looked at this one, and I was like, hang on, did I miss her? Oh, there she is. No, you didn't miss her. She's, uh, I think, last page or second to last page. So, yeah. What am I reading? Where is she at? When is she going to come into the story? The very last page. No dialogue. Yeah, just just a walk on. She was a piece of she was a prop. Again, though, there is no way we would have found this series without that. No, it's and true. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this is a must have series, but it's a decent little story. And for being somebody's back page or ash or not ash can a back page or on the shelf story that they could have brought out at any point in time. Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. It's no, not, it's too, not bad. too bad at all. It's quite good. It was in trouble. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, boy. Nothing I can think of. Except for crashing a Quinjet as part of the uh, Scholastic Fair seems questionable to me. Are you kidding me? Tony Stark will pick him up a new one, no problem. (laughs) Get yourself a billionaire friend, man. Get yourself a billionaire friend. I'm trying, but everybody I know is poor. Yeah, because we're your friend. Yeah. They have a a deficit in life choices. (laughs) 14, yeah, 14. 
$15 beer. I buy you $15 beers, man. <laughs> I do have a rich friend. His name is Rick, except if he buys another one of these, he's tapped out. Man, that is thick on the glass. Look at the just sediment coloration that's leaving there. Crazy. That is 15.5% ABV, my friends. I am happy that I am sitting down. All right, let's get into our final thoughts. We are on the Gallery of Greatness. What piece of art in this book or story needs to be pinned to our Death Valley walls? Jeff, do you have one for me? I do. My backup joke one is in the first story on page four. And it is... And I call it Death Valley doesn't look like that because they're showing kind of a, a house out in the middle of nowhere surrounded by bushy trees and green grass. And that's not the Death Valley I know. <laughs> so it's just a little too habitable for you. Is that what I'm hearing? It's way too habitable. There are areas. There's several areas where you can go find grass in Death Valley. And that's in Furnace Creek. And it is in areas that are a part of resorts, and they are well-tended and maintained. And it is little oases. There's a golf course area, and there's some green there. And there's a little wedding place across from another resort, Mission Church, that is like our secret bathroom and place that we'll stop and have lunch because it's like, ah, oh, there's some greenery and trees here. Otherwise, you are looking at rock and alkali substrate. So it's, it's, wonder it's beautiful there. I love Death Valley. Don't get me wrong. But it don't look like this picture. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me talk to you about my backup joke one. And this is on part two. And this is after they've snuck into the building and they're walking down the hallway and they're small. And oh, I yeah. keep looking at this picture because yeah. just flipping through the thing really quickly, I said, hang on. Did the artist screw up? Because I missed that Hank shrunk them down as I was reading it fast. Because you got Stryker walking next to an outlet that's the same size as him. And it also goes with the fact that he's also whining about nobody's going to step on me. So I just called it small big man. <laughs> yeah, it, that one is tricky. That panel, I was like, okay, they're just walking down the halls. And then it was like, oh, wait, oh, they shrank. Oh, okay, they pin particle down. But what's funny on that is it seems like they shrank down and then met no opposition or anything anyway. They didn't talk about like, God, we were small, so we avoided all those guards running around. They would have found the guards if they were the regular size. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was an interesting choice, but an odd one. But yeah, a good joke one. Yeah, for that. Yeah. What is your joke one? My top joke one was in the fourth story on the third page, and I call it Mockingbot was already out of the fight at this point. This is when they're fighting Alkema and Hawkeye and Tiger, I believe. And there is a, a panel of Stryker just electroblasting the bejesus out of a Mockingbot. And Mockingbot had already been taken out of the fight. She wasn't part of this fight, so he just, like, picked up a corpse and blasted it into the sky for poops and giggles. And it is quite a nice picture too i mean it, oh, he's yeah. just blasting the heck out of her but yeah knocking her straight up into there it's pretty darn cool she's not part of the fight and then she's not in the after fight she, there's nothing this is the only panel with her in it here and it's just like i maybe they forgot so <laughs> people come people go you know it happens it happens <laughs> exactly yep all right my top joke one is on the fifth part and this is as the fight is coming to its conclusion and you've got the bad guy's down, her arm's been ripped off, and you got Vanessa flying at her oh, with yeah. her arm. She's holding yeah. on to the Alchemist's arm. I kill you with yeah. your arm! <laughs> yeah, she's got a weird forearm 
blade, like a, a yeah. quasi mantis blade coming out of her, out of the Alchemist arm that he's she's going to attack her with. And it's like just full on off yeah. the turnbuckle. Yeah. Superman it, it, flight it, it, pose. Yeah, that is a berserker rage charge, man. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's talk about some good art. Backup best one is on the second story on the fifth page, and I call it Avengers Asleeple. I called it Robot at Rest, and that's my top good art one. That oh, is a nice. fantastic one. It is a great one. This is when they go in and see what enemy forces they may be encountering, and it is Robot West Coast Avengers. Yep. Yeah. Very nice choice. Very nice choice. My backup good art is in part four, and it's the big fight, and I call it Bring the Thunder. You've got both Striker and Finesse, and they're in the middle of fighting everybody. They've got Tigra, Alchema, and Hawkeye. Finesse has thrown one of her batons at Hawkeye's jaw, completely broken it. Striker's in the background just bringing the thunder, or lightning coming everywhere, striking Tigra in her chest. And <laughs> yeah, it's pretty just darn cool. It's it's all fight all the time, and I like it. I yeah. like it, I like it, I like it. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what my top one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is in the third story on the fourth page, and I call it Wonderbot Down. And this is uh, after Stryker had activated the jet belt and flown him through the roof, and now they're outside, and then he electrocutes the Wonder Robot. And I thought it just looks super cool. It's a good one. I looked mm -hmm. at that one, too. All right. That's some good art that we have mentioned. Some good, good art. But, Jeff... I need mm. to tell you something, man. I know it's coming now. You know that the 89's called and they want their red jumper back. Ooh, right in my wardrobe. <laughs> Rubber and glue moment was the best or most childish insult. Mine was from part one. I think it's actually, whoa, the 80's called. They want their red jumper back. <laughs> That's when a striker comes in and sees the red jumper suited Hank Pym, which I always liked that look oh, yeah. on him. He was working on the computer and I thought it was pretty funny and i thought it was a mean dig so yeah <laughs> i like that one that is a good one my backup is actually the panel before that one on the same page and this is uh when striker and finesse are getting called in and they're walking in discussing what's going on it's completing the control room first was the most logical action i assume they need assistance in the updating the hardware this is finesse and she follows up with although what function you would serve is still unclear Mm -hmm. to striker and he, he doesn't care he's like as long as it gets me out of painting duty i'm fine i just like i don't know what use you are going to be in in fixing anything or making anything better and i loved it to be fair nobody does nobody does i don't know but i'm going to guess we have the same one there was a lot of good digs that were made throughout this book there was but there was one that i think is quite choice i bet you're gonna pick the same one i did finesse to striker the Wrecking Crew is smarter than you. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That was on the second panel of the second story. <laughs> you don't even need any setup to that. It's just the Wrecking Crew is smarter than you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is a response of uh, Striker. It's they crashed the Quinjet and he's going, I hate it when technology is smarter than me. <laughs> wrecking Crew is smarter than you. <laughs> I mean... Come on. It's Come good. Come on. It is really good. All right. Parent of the Year Award, the Reed Richards Award for good parenting. I'm going to call it on Hank, and I'm going to say Same. that he had some good teaching moments throughout mm -hmm. this. He was working 
pretty darn good with Stryker. He was like, hey, let's do this instead. Let's really work on fine control of your powers. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go ahead and get some information on this place. Hey, let us let me have Finesse really figure out what she wants to do here. So I liked how he was working with both kids. I agree. Yeah, I picked Hank and for the Good Parenting Award. Yep. Yeah. All the reasons you just said. He did. He was he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into popular and shunned. Who is the best? Who is the worst in this issue? And we got three, maybe four choices here. Jeff, what do you want to go with first? Uh, We're doing the worst as we always do for the most part. I'm going to go for Tigra being the worst. Because she wasn't there? She was, but she also wasn't there. She kind of questioned the exam. She was like, are you sure this is the right choice? But she never stood by the convictions of her saying, I don't think this is a good idea. She was snarky the entire time with Hank. Maybe that's their relationship. Maybe that's what they do. That's fine. But I just thought Tiger needed to either stand to her convictions more or better in understanding. Especially, especially, especially with the aspect of at the end when they're like, yeah, we know that Finesse knew this was a test, so she failed. You know, it's just like, how about celebrate her for figuring out your ruse? Mm. You could draw her in. You could be like, yeah, hey, I know you figured this out. We are doing this. It's just testing. We want to see what you do in these in these live situations, what you think. We want to see what your natural responses is. I think it would be a way of drawing her in closer to them instead of kind of like going, yeah, Norman did this to us too. You're, yeah. So. All right. I, I can see that. I could find a little more to like about her than I could with Finesse. Finesse, I just found boring and tedious. I just did not enjoy her at all. I I, I had a hard time reading some of the stuff that was written about her. So I just, I want her to be a more interesting character and she's not for me. That's my opinion. Who do you okay. have for your best? Well, surprisingly enough, it's Finesse. Ah. I liked Finesse. I thought she did a good job. She figured out that it was a test. Whereas people in a fun way, she was also on top of the game. She was on top of what was going on. She was figuring out what needed to be done. It's just like, okay, there's five guards here. That means the sixth is running back to base. There he is. We won't be able to catch him, but I can see the keypad he's typing in. I can do the things. It is all those reasons that I found her boring. It's like, yes, how about you just let other people have the fun in doing the fight? Or if you know these things, don't narrate it. <laughs> it the, you kind of have to narrate stuff in comics, so I can forgive ah, her for that stuff. It's a visual media. We can mm-hmm. see it. <laughs> but I liked Finesse. She was my best. Who is your best? Striker. Striker. Okay. Interesting choice. You know you know that the Wrecking Crew is smarter than him, though, right? Yeah, I know. Dumb as, a bag of, dumb as a bag of bricks, arrogant as anything, and yet he comes in there like, let's have some fun. I'm going <laughs> to go and do something really crazy and stupid. Woohoo! Yeah, That's worked. my kind of guy, you know? <laughs> Hold my beer. Watch this. All right, let's do it. He was very much a find out guy. Yeah. 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 Very, very go, much. Go around, find out. <laughs> uh, speaking of which... Let's find out where this story ranks in our long list of issues with a member of Power Pack in them. Here's a story. It's got a member of Power Pack. Very briefly, in passing, but we'll take it. Uh, Top of the list, still, month of mourning. Not in any danger today, folks. We got number spot number 10, Kings of Atlantis, where Reed carpools with Galactus. Uh, Spot number 25, we're into Avengers Academy territory with Family. Reptile tricks his friends into being lunch for hybrid. Spot number 36, 
X-23, number 14, Chaos Theory Part 2, Laura meets the FF and somehow does not kill Val. Bravo, <laughs> Laura. Spot number 44, we have Doom Nation. That's where the FF fixed Doom's brain. Good choice, guys. And of course, The Loners, What Lies Beneath. Jeff, what you feeling about, about this one? Man, I'm kind of zipping around. It's good. It's good. It's not amazing. I was feeling like high teens. Now I'm kind of mid-20s area. Do you have any thoughts? Let's see. Fun one that has absolutely no real stakes whatsoever. Spot number 33. To bounce or not to bounce, <laughs> Speedball does dumb stuff. Yeah, I was okay. looking at that. What do you think? That one was shorter. Mm-hmm. That was the length of basically, it was a fifth fifth link. Yeah. That one was fun and dumb. That one was entertaining just to see the different heroes saving him from killing, you know, from him hurting himself to activate his powers. Let's talk about the one below it then. The Substitute. Spider Substitute Spider-Man versus Psycho Man with the Avengers Academy in Amazing Spider-Man number 661. I think think I might like this better than that one. Okay. How about this between those two spots, then? That would work. I'm all for that. It could be the new 34. All right. That is a nice little place mm -hmm. for that one. Jeff, I have drank half of this glass. Yeah. I am feeling it. This is a tiny little can. 15 yeah. bucks. It's drinking nectar of the gods. I think I've poured maybe half the can into my glass. I've topped it up like three times. It. This is... Very much a sipping beer. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of times where I just, I take beers and I make beers go away. This beer is not one of those. This is just a beer that is very much just like, I'll take a little sip. I'll enjoy that. I'll come back to you in a little while. Oh, my like shot glass where the beer is finished up. I think I'll top that back up. Yeah, this is a lingering beer. This is a drag on beer. It is yeah. good. This is not a beer that you're just like, time to put it down my neck. No, this is a meal and a half. Mm -hmm. You could easily sit there having conversation with a friend, sip through this, and go through many of these. Yeah. Or one while having many wide variety of conversations. Yeah. Th this is a meal. This mm -hmm. is an absolute meal. It is heavier than sin, but so smooth to drink. Yeah. So it's getting more potent the more it sits there. Mm -hmm. Just the streaks on the glass. It's like, <laughs> it's like a frost that has frozen on the window. There is discoloration on the glass. It is funny. And it does. Yeah, it's got legs is what I think they call that. Gosh, yeah, it has such a sticking power to it. You, yeah, swirling it around on the glass and it just it waves up. And then it doesn't go down, really. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it yeah, it's a fun beer. We are stained glass window territory here. Guys, this is ridiculous. This is a beer called Elber NMT by Omnipolo. Where is this from? Sweden. Product of Sweden. Imported by 12% Mount Vernon, New York. Product of Sweden. They make a good beer there. That is Make a good wow. beer there. Yeah. I'm giving it a five. I really want to fight you on that, but I'm not going to. It is, there are beers that I would go to to drink in faster rapidity. This is one, I am really enjoying this. This is, this is a good five beer. This isn't like the fruited sour that we had that was making me laugh my head off because <laughs> it tasted like, it tasted like alcoholic nerds or whatever. It was just like, this is just like, well, this is interesting. And then it's like, wow, this is definitely something special. Five it all the way or yeah. Five, five it. it all the way. It, this is ridiculous ridiculously special it is ridiculously expensive 
and I've been waiting months to try this thing out. Uh, this is the one I, I sent you a small teaser picture of this a while ago. I'm like, wait till we get to this one, Jeff. <laughs> and speaking of things that are worth the wait, we are up to the point where we're going to do kids perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his 13 year old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good, and you? Good. You ready to go solo and talk about some Avengers solo? Although they aren't solo, they're doing it kind of as a team. Anyways, are you ready to talk about this book? Sure. All right. Tell me a little bit about this five-part story you read. Finesse and Stryker were told to go on a field trip. Mm-hmm. And they found they're going to this Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, hold on. Ah. Into, like, a lab. And what do they find in the lab? A bunch of robot versions of their teachers and Alchema. Yep, one of the brides of Ultron. Yeah. What'd you think about the story overall? It was good. (laughs) You got to find out a little bit more about Stryker and Finesse, right? Yeah. Which one of those two characters do you like more? I don't know. Stryker's more of the fun one and Finesse is more of the smart, like, studious one. (laughs) Do you like fun or do you like studious? So thinking about your two best friends, E and H, which one of those ones do you like more? That's so mean. I'm just saying, one of them's very studious and one of them's very fun, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll move on from that then. So what do you think of the story overall, though? Do you like that? Do you like the setup of them doing a field trip and then it just being really a test? Yeah, it was just a test. I don't know where the end part was going. It's probably going to be some connection, but... Just, they're always keeping an eye on Finesse. She's smarter than she looks, right? And also a little menacing, apparently, to the teachers. A little bit menacing, period, too. Overall, you like the book, though? Yeah. You can say no if you don't like it. (laughs) It was okay. It was fine. It was fine? Yeah. Did you read the first part of the book at all, or did you not even bother? No, I... I didn't read that. You just read the back part, what I told you to read, right? Yeah, should I have read the first part? No, you didn't need to if you didn't want to. Okay, because it's like about Hawkeye, yeah? Yeah, we like Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. This was just a little bit of a brief aside. Actually, we probably should have read this one a little bit earlier. I just forgot to get it on the schedule earlier. So here we are now. It's fine. It's fine. It's always fine. Anything else you want to say about this book at all? Uh, not really. Okay, then I will let you go. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. Welcome. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Carrie. Always enjoy what you have to say. Shout out time. We like to recognize those fantastic people that help us out, say thanks, give us shout outs, like our stuff, and just basically recognize us on the internet. And that includes... These people who liked or shared our comments, liked or shared our posts on episode 149 of Interest Academy 24, Family. Clinton Robeson and his podcast, Fan Film Fridays and Coffee and Comics. Colin Stapleton and the worst comic podcast ever. Hoover Jeremiah. Jeremy Daw, who says, I have been pleasantly surprised by this particular title. Jeremy Wiggins. Matt Luce. Ranger Gord, who says, I'm still haunted at nights by the things that I've done for a Klondike bar. I'm sure that's something that we said on the podcast at one point in time. Yeah, I don't want to know what he's referencing because <sighs> those Klondike bars, the nightmares still haunt me from what we've done. We can't talk about it, but we can talk about Ruth and Darren and their podcast, Trekker Talk. Again, we'd like to thank those people that give us a little bit of money to spend on re- 
ridiculously overpriced beer, and that includes people like adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Bollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky win. Next issue, we are going to be covering Avengers Academy, issue number 27, Homecoming, part one. And I would like to circle back around to our buddy Waffles there, who he sent me, and I think maybe also Jeff might get one as well, sent us both just the most nice and wonderful Christmas card all the way from New Zealand. It was a very wonderful message. Really touched our hearts. He's a good friend. We're glad to know him. And thank you very much, Waffles. Just some of the nicest words that have ever been said to me. Thank you so very much, my friend. It is an honor and a privilege to know you in the limited fashion that we have. You are a wonderful human being, and thank you for being you. Jeff, tell us about our merchandise, sir. Well, we have some available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a couple of people who have drank really expensive beer and a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon. If you want to interact with us, I'll go ahead. Go on the magic of the internet. Check us out. Find us at Blue Sky at Jeff and Rick Present. Find us at our webpage, our Facebook page. Find us at our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present. We got an email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com. We got a website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. Also, yo, YouTube channel. Check us out. Jeff and Merck present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com. Jeff and Rick present. All one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative and will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us. Share your love with us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We We love you. you. Until next time. Costumes Costumes off. off. The theme music is 80s action. Also, this episode is Colossus by Sasha and Dan. All music is found on thecopdick.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for a Creative License. Giant Man has to remind the pair that this is retcon only. Recon, not retcon. Giant Man has to gently remind the pair that this is retcon only. Recon, recon. Crang. Well, they are very t-tailed. T-tailed.